I used to do a great many interviews, and they were all my favorites, even the terrible ones, like Tom Clancy, who berated me loudly and openly, and I still am not sure why. I think it was for not being a big enough fan and proving it, or something like that. But of course, certain interviews stick out more than others, and one of those is Evil Knievel. Those of you that were born well after the 70s have a lot of great things and amazing stuff to look back on, but there are some things that you missed, and missed forever, because you can't quite wrap your head around it today. There's no frame of reference. One of those things was, without a doubt, Evil Knievel Mania. Stuntmen since have topped his various feats, but no one had quite the showmanship or the marketability or, I guess, the horrible, unapologetic machismo of one evil Knievel. Towards the height of his popularity, maybe starting to wane a little bit, he made a movie celebrating himself called Viva Knievel, which is potentially the best worst movie that you will ever see, product of the 70s or otherwise. The movie opens. Who is that shadowy figure skulking through darkened hallways, carrying a huge cardboard box? Is it a cat burglar? A midnight prowler? He goes into a bedroom. Oh my goodness, it's Evil Knievel, and he's busted into an orphanage for boys in the middle of the night. All of the orphans are overjoyed and crowd around him, telling him that he's the greatest. Evil agrees with all of them. Then he's brought them all presents. They all get an evil Knievel toy of their very own. The orphans can't believe their luck. And then suddenly an orphan comes over from across the room on crutches, like Tiny Tim. Evil, says the crutches orphan. Evil, look at me. When I saw you walk away from that crash in England, I figured I could do it. As he's saying this, the orphan lets the crutches drop dramatically, in case you weren't already picturing that. And he walks crutch-free over to Evil and declares, You're the reason I'm walking, Evil! You're the reason! That's great, says Evil. A man comes busting in. Evil Knievel, saints be praised in Bigora. What are you doing breaking in in the dead of the night? Etc. Evil knows that this, uh, not man, but nun, is Sister Charity. So... That means either he goes to this orphanage a lot or he used to be an orphan there. That's never really delved into. By the way, sister, said Evil, I didn't forget your favorite fudge. Oh, you're wicked evil, says the nun. You know it'll get fat. Don't worry, says Evil. No one will notice. So the next few scenes, we meet everybody else. There's a big celebration going on in a stadium because Evil is about to perform a record-breaking jump. Red Buttons, who plays Evil's promoter, wants to add more seats on the field, but this would compromise Evil's safety. Evil's blue jumpsuited mechanic bunny, Will, who has already been referred to as a drunk, I think, starts knocking Red Buttons around. Will is played by none other than Gene Singing in the Rain Kelly, definitely towards the down end of his career. Evil breaks up the fight. He's mad at Will, not realizing Will was only looking out for him. Evil leaves Will and is immediately surrounded by hordes and hordes of adoring children, reporters, and one hot housewife. Evil tosses witty quips to the reporters, makes all the kids cheer by declaring himself number one, and hits on the housewife twice. Then, Lauren Hutton, as the sassy photographer with a 
startling array of jumpsuits drops down out of a helicopter. Evil Knievel is instantly drawn to her as moth to flame, but she is a mouthy broad who needs taming. Taming evil style. Are you a woman? Evil asks her. Or are you a Ms? Bam! Take that, 1970s Steinem chicks. Knievel and Lauren Hutton snap back and forth at each other with fiery, tempestuous disdain, like if Bogey and Bacall had really, really wide collars. Could their game of snarling cat and mouse be cover for a wild, deep, irresistible attraction for one another? Then Evil is back in front of the reporters. He has them all in the palm of his leather-gloved hand. Hey, where'd you get the nickname, Evil? One of them shouts. Honey, when I was born, I was so good, they nicknamed me Evil, quipped Evil. The reporters love it. At this point, you may be realizing something. This is exactly like an Elvis movie. Exactly like an Elvis movie. Evil Knievel is the daredevil Elvis. He's young movie Elvis and cape-wearing jumpsuited Vegas Elvis combined red, white, and blue belt buckle. There it is, E.K. for Evil Knievel. But the E.K. could stand for Elvis the King. Okay, back on screen. Leslie Nielsen has appeared. We quickly learn that Leslie has an evil, E-V-I-L, plan to get evil, E-V-E-L, down to Mexico. There's also something about a truck and something about lots of money. He is using Jesse, the gangly, effeminate, lesser daredevil, to help him. Jesse, the gangly, effeminate, lesser daredevil, goes into the truck trailer. War Will the Drunk is working on Evil's bike, and he drugs Will the Drunk by putting powdered narcotics into his whiskey. Because Will can handle whiskey, but not narcotics, Will passes out. But he passes out with his eyes open so that he sees when Jesse comes back in to take photos of the hole inside of the trailer. But then the narcotics overpower Will. He's all messed up the next morning. Evil is disgusted with him, thinking Will has a really bad drinking problem instead of only a kind of bad drinking problem. Lauren Hutton is back. Evil Knievel takes her for a daredevil ride on the back of his bike to get her heart pounding and a little vibrating motorcycle seat action between her legs to shake some of the miz out of her. So you think that's really him on the bike? Or do you think it's a stuntman? Because I guarantee... It's not Lauren Hutton behind him on the bike. It is, in fact, a mannequin. A mouthy broad of a mannequin who needs taming. Taming evil style. Evil's motorcycle foreplay is unsuccessful. Lauren Hutton, herself now, not a mannequin, leaves no kiss. And here in the movie, you may notice that Evil Knievel kind of looks like Dwight Yoakam. He acts like Steve McQueen, and he looks like Dwight Yoakam. In the next scene, emotional music starts playing. We see Tommy, the young son drunk Will has never known. He's come to visit for the first time from boarding school. Will didn't expect him, and it's gruff and abrasive, but you can't feel too bad for the kid as he is one ugly 1970s little Adam Rich from 8 is enough looking bastard. Next, the big jump. A parade of the many amazing vehicles of Evil Knievel goes by. If you were a little boy, or possibly girl, in the late 60s, early 70s, at this point you will no doubt start flipping out remembering the Sky Cycle. I had that. The Canyon Rocket. My buddy had that. The Racer. Original Racer. 
In the stands, Frank Gifford, the real one, explains to the crowd that not only will Evil be jumping for the world's record, but he'll be doing it over a pit of lions and tigers. Evil himself steps up to the mic. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, he says. It's a pleasure to be with you here in Long Beach today and with my old pal, Frank Gifford. You know, I see a lot of people here in the stands today. So before I make the jump, there's something I'd like to say to you, something that's been bothering me for a long time. I go to Indianapolis every year to see the Indy 500. I go there with friends to drive and race. Every year when they go there to qualify, they usually have to go as fast as they can to get a front row position. They put nitro into their cars sometimes instead of the fuel that's intended to be in cars. It makes their cars go faster, they think. And the cars do for about five or ten laps. And then they blow all to hell. And you people, you kids, if you put nitro into your bodies in the form of narcotics so that you can do better or so that you think you can do better, you will for about five or six years. And then you'll blow all to hell. You're a wonderful crowd. I'm glad you all made it, and I'm going to do my best to make it right across this jump. Thank you. The crowd goes crazy, and then it becomes clear. Evil Knievel is kind of Sergeant Joe Friday, but of course, Sergeant Friday would never have said that narcotics can make you do better for a couple of years. The speech is perhaps the greatest speech in the history of film. It should be on a bronze plaque in the Washington, D.C. mall next to the Gettysburg Address. I bet all the people in the stands who came to the event high really felt ashamed after that speech. Evil rides around on his bike. He's riling up the crowd. He drives up to the edge of the tank of lions and tigers. You can tell that the lions and tigers want to eat him by the way they're looking at him. Evil rides up to the top of the ramp. Frank Gifford can hardly contain his excitement. Evil gives the crowd a thumbs up, just like Fonzie that he sails down the ramp and leaps over the man-eaters just like Fonzie over the shark. Evil Knievel is just like Fonzie. The movie came out in 1977. Fonzie jumped the shark, 1977. Evil was hurt during the jump. He's in the hospital. Lauren Hutton has realized she likes him, so Evil brings her along with the rest of the gang to Mexico. Evil and Tommy ride together in the evil truck. Will and Lauren Hutton drive themselves in a separate car. Will begins to freak out that Evil is spending such an intimate and inappropriate amount of time with his young boy. We learn exactly what Leslie Nielsen's EVIL plan is, and that is uh, he's double-crossing Jesse, also the ganglia effeminate lesser daredevil. Will is kidnapped and given more narcotics that make him insane. And then they put him away in a corrupt, upscale, insane asylum run by Mr. Dabney Coleman. He has taken an overdose of something, Dabney and Leslie tell Evil. Evil doesn't buy it. Not Will, says Evil. If he's been drinking, all right, but dope, no way. Evil infiltrates the asylum late that night using his sneaking into the orphanage savvy and also by wearing an orderly's outfit a la Fletch or Axel Foley. Will tells Evil, although he doesn't recognize him at first due to the genius disguise, that Leslie Nielsen has an EVIL plan. Thanks. You stay here in the asylum. <laughs> mm, says Evil. <laughs> 
Then the pre-show Mexican parade happens. Lauren Hutton is back in her sexiest jumpsuit yet. Things heat up between her and Evil like a blazing, burning pit of fire, giving the promise of hot kiss coming soon for sure. Frank Gifford came with them to Mexico. He's wearing a leisure suit combo of bright yellow and bright red, like a blazing, burning pit of fire himself, he informs the crowd. That Evil will be jumping over a blazing, burning pit of fire over 100 feet of flaming death in evil's trailer at the top of the jump ramp runs jesse the gangly effeminate lesser daredevil he's high and he's freaked out on narcotics what's gonna happen what happens then is a non-stop red white and blue whirlwind of james bond with a little chuck norris and a dash of the band kiss a little bruce lee tossed in if bruce had been a student of the ancient martial art form known as the montana bar fight there's a spectacular prison break more kidnapping the nefarious bad guy scheme technique of building exact duplicates of everything pulse-pounding chase scenes incorporating secret tricks of daredevil motorcycle know-how and the most unsatisfying non-passionate no chemistry having on-screen kiss ever now we're back at the mexican stadium evil's at the top of the ramp viva Evil! yells the crowd that's the first time we hear that evil salutes the crowd he revs up his bike the crowd goes crazy he kicks forward he launches down the ramp and into cinematic history as a sublime 1970s Evil Knievel theme song begins playing and the credits start rolling. So you decide which it is. Is Evil Knievel most like Elvis or Kiss or Sergeant Friday or James Bond or the Fonz or Fletch or Axel Foley or Steve McQueen? I'll tell you the answer. He is all of these things and yet none of them for he is evil. Actually, if you had to pick one, he'd probably be most like Elvis. I actually think both Evil and Elvis would agree. Because he's evil. His middle name is Misery. Oh yes, he's evil. So don't you mess around with... He. By the way, as far as I'm aware, no audio evidence exists of my long-ago interview with Evil Knievel. But I do remember the story that he told loosely it was about a golf bet that he had with somebody that he could make uh you know a certain hole or a certain number of strokes and he had no money with which to bet so the bet was if evil won this guy would pony up the money and if he lost evil would cut off his own little finger and uh i don't remember the details of that but i do remember sort of the the end slash punchline which was evil saying so i lost and i went and cut off my little finger but the joke was on him they just sewed it right back on again <laughs>